Hi, Mark Foxton here, Head of Global Partnerships and Collaborations at Levi Strauss, here to do my one-on-one with ADC Partners. Hi, this is Dave Almy of ADC Partners. Let me ask you this. Is there a more iconic brand than Levi's? I mean, think about it. I only have to say the numbers 501 and you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's both the opportunity and the challenge for Mark Foxton, Levi's point person for global partnerships and collaboration. Mark is charged with figuring out how sports can help Levi's maintain its status as a uniquely American and now global brand. And that involves being on the constant search for athletes, teams, and leagues that can elevate Levi's into, as he puts it, the center of cultural moments. In our discussion, we talk about Mark's remarkably extensive sports marketing background, the importance and difficulty of measuring good partnerships, and the best piece of fashion advice he ever received while working at Levi's. Enjoy. Okay, Mark Foxton, you've been involved in creating partnerships in just about every conceivable form of sports and entertainment property, right? Like teams and facilities and leagues and live events, agencies, da 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 right? So on, so on, so on. Can you take a minute and reflect? Because you've been at this for a while. Can you reflect on that diverse experience and talk about how it shapes your approach to creating effective partnerships today? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity and the privilege, as you just said, Dave, to be part of almost, I feel like every sports league in, in, in the country and even on the global side to a certain point in entertainment space. So I always like to tell people I like to build things. Mm. So in kind of each step of the, my, my journey to where I'm at today, I've been able to, I think, you know, build something new, be part of a team, be part of a dynamic group that is stepping into whether it's a new ownership group, a team that might be relocating a property that might be starting a new form of advertising and mm. so forth there. I've been able to um, be able to, to continually build things, which ultimately each time you build something, you learn something new, you reflect back on what you've done, how you can do it better, and you get the opportunity to do it again. So, yeah. you know, I guess that's kind of, you know, in kind of a high level, I would say. That's... We're all about the 30,000 foot view, Mark Foxen. Yeah. You know, we got to start with a big overarching question, but there is kind of a creativity to partnerships as, as well, isn't there? Exactly. I mean, that, that, yes. that sort of diving in and figuring out, okay, well, here's what I need. Here's what they need. Yeah. Where do those paths cross? I mean, ultimately, I, I feel like you, you've got to build a relationship. I mean, yeah. you know, I've had success, I believe, or my success has been tied to a lot of times being able to build those relationships with the other partner where both sides feel, to your point, where we're both understanding what our goals and objectives are, and we're both being able to achieve those. I think in all partnerships, you've got to be able to define what is a goal and objective. Yeah. It can't just be an emotional buy. There were those days where I think that happened a lot. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. We're all being accountable. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the success comes in being able to define that up front and challenge the other part, the other person on the other side of the table to answer that question. And I've been challenged and I've had to challenge the other folks. It really is, gosh, it's right at the heart of when these things are so valuable, right? When somebody that you're working with on developing that partnership has a clear-eyed sense of what it is they're trying to do and how they need to go about doing it, right? That's that's when that clarity is there, 
that really allows you to put something together that has real value for both parties, right? And those are the ones, those are the long-term relationships that you see. I, I mean, particularly if not only from Levi's, but from your history. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are deals that I have done that I would say, okay, you know what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know that this is probably a short-term deal. And in many ways, you're almost taking the order, so to speak, to because somebody's really excited about it. So have we done deals? Have I done deals like that? Certainly. But I think in the end, you want to be able to have a relationship that you can look back on and you can go, this is going to last more than one year. These are oh, partnerships amen. versus you know transactional advertising moments. Right. Those are the ones that really dig into the fabric of what those two, that property and that sponsor are trying to do. And I mean, I think that's kind of an important place where you came from, right? Because you have been on the team side. You yep. did spend, I mean, honest to God, you're one of the few people I know who've achieved, uh, this is Pat pending Dave, Pat and pending Dave Valmy, copyright 2022, <laughs> uh, the quintfecta, right? You know, all you've worked in one form or another with all five major professional sports leagues, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer. You know, if you were to look at where those leagues are now, given that you've represented them in some way, shape, or form, and you were going to put partnerships together for one of those leagues, which one would you choose and and why? It's a good question. You know, honestly, and this is not trying to to cheat the answer, I think each league has continued to evolve in what they're trying to achieve and who who they are. And they all have their, (laughs) they each have their own person. And and ultimately, it kind of really comes down to, again, going back to that goals and objective, what am I looking to achieve? So if I sit on the side of Levi's, Mm -hmm. and I have a target, you know, audience demo and things like that, and I'm looking at, you know, Gen Z, I might look at one of the leagues that's that's targeting that a little bit more, maybe you might say like the NBA or soccer, when you look at the youth, if you're looking at something for scale, the NFL, you know, baseball, we're a heritage brand, baseball's heritage. So I think each one of them and how they operate. The other thing is the leagues from the time that I started going back into the, the nineties mm-hmm. to where we are today, they've changed yep. they've, the rules and um, what, you know, rules of engagement, ways of working have changed a lot. So what you can get from as a brand or as a property in a league, you can sell and who owns what it's always evolving. Again, I think it comes down to how do you find within the leagues, what partner wants to partner and yep. sees the value that you can add as yep. from the brand side, like who's, who's willing to say that, you know, Levi's can come in here is going to be seen as additive versus just a, another sponsor name on the wall. You know, I'm curious, right. We're talking about, you know, a little bit about your history, right. Cause you've been with all of those leagues and you've now been at this, I mean, I'm going to say 30, 30 years, 30 years, 30. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, scary to say, but yeah, about 30 years. So <laughs> Sorry. 90, my first, my first year, see, I was 91. Right. So you've been at this 30 plus years, right? And I'm wondering yeah. if like with all the learning and everything that you've seen, if you could go back and talk to you know, Mark Fox with the Seattle Mariners that, you know, still a little dewy eyed around the eyes and like, oh my gosh, it's major league baseball. What would you, what would you tell him? I mean, what, what would you, what advice do you have for your younger self as someone getting ready to enter into this sports business career and focus so much on partnerships? I think the thing that I would always say is you have to voice everything. Mm. You have to have a voice. You have to have a voice in the negotiation. You don't, I mean, you have to listen. Listening is very key. Sure. That's, that's probably one of the first things I'd say is just listen. And, and treat everything as a partnership, not as kind of a quote sale. I've been on the partnership side for the most part, but treat it as a partnership. Listen, 
but also ask for the order, ask what you want. So whether that be from what you're doing from the opposite side with a partner or where you want to go in mm-hmm. your career, yeah. it's not just results oriented. You've got to be able to show, Mark, you've got to be able to show your results. Okay. So whether that's you know a balance of art and science, or if you want to move on to a new role, you've got to be vocal. It's no longer just, hey, I earned an A on the paper, so I'm going to get promoted. <laughs> I earned an A in the partnership, and so those guys are going to renew. Right. It's like if they don't hear it, you don't expect that they're just going to see it. Yeah. Do you think it's gotten easier or more difficult to show those results, right? When you think back at the beginning, right? Maybe the sponsorships and the partnerships themselves were more simple because it was more like signs and radio and, you know, tickets. And it's become more complex now with digital, but those forms also offer a bit more capability in terms of measurement. I'm wondering if you think like, have the demands of this channel of marketing become so extreme that it's more difficult to measure and it was easier? Where, Where do you come out on that one? So I think if you look at, if I look back and I look at sports conferences I've attended, I actually was doing this, I don't know, not that long ago, I was having a conversation with someone. And I remember in the 90s, one of the key topics of a, you know, SBJ type of conference at that time was, you know, why sponsorship works. Mm. And then you fast forward into the next decade. And the topic again was, why sponsorship works and you can see <laughs> where this is going a theme. <laughs> a theme. and so i feel like we're that's the you know there's not a silver bullet that is a theme that continually is always being asked so i think the inventory has changed mm-hmm. in a sense and where we put our emphasis and maybe how we're looking to measure success or what we would define as success it, it's still a challenge because what we're looking at and whether it's now audience engagement, it used to be, you, you got impressions. So mm-hmm. media, yes, you're doing signs. Now it's on camera signage. How do you get in the game? How do you get your logo visible? Mm-hmm. You can measure that through, you know, media impressions like, mm-hmm. okay, we got there. But now that was seen as only so much in the relationship. Then it was like, how are we measuring tickets? What, how are those tickets translating into return on investment? So it's a never ending question there mm-hmm. there are i feel like a new measurement company every day <laughs> out there that's trying to tell us on why this works or doesn't we work figured it out we figured it out exactly <laughs> you know we're being asked to speak on panels or you know have discussions like this and can you share with us and it's like you know ultimately i think everybody has their own definitions that they've yeah. they've come up with it's just as hard it's it's not any easier it's it's not any harder it's it's always been, I think, a, a complex uh, but in, situation. But in fairness, right, every channel struggles to accurately yeah. define how effective it can be. I mean, right, because in, in the end, you know, the, the, you can only really get the measurement so far down the purchase funnel, right? right. At some point, the consumer is going to leave their screen and go. And we really don't know what the ultimate, maybe they just passed by the box of toothpaste that they saw an advertisement on later. It just happened to be handy and on arm's length and they grab it. So I appreciate what you're saying, right? We've been having this conversation about measurement and results and effectiveness for as long as you and I have both been in this industry, but I sometimes feel like sponsorship is pulled out a little unfairly, maybe because it's just got so many components to it. And each one of those components can be its own challenge. 
No, you're right. I mean, there's, I, I do think that it, it's it, because it's not simple. Mm. It gets, it gets measured unfairly because mm. there's intangibles. Again, it's that it's a little bit of that art and science yep. and art is hard to measure, but ultimately, you know, there is that, you know, some people might say, Oh, is there an emotional attachment? Are we attached to the success of a team's performance? Sure. That helps. And that yep. gives amplification, you know, maybe this influencer happened to wear, you know, a Levi's jacket and they're right. now, you know, on the cover of Rolling Stone or something like that. But that being said, yeah, there's, there's always a bit of that balancing act on how do you present a successful partnership back with when the internal cell right. and the external cells of the partner. And, you know, there is a bit of just earned equity that you you have to trust and kind of it's part of the marketing mix and believe in well it kind of goes back to the what you just said about like look it's like people care about this team or yep. this league or this player and by caring at them they are focusing their attention on them right is that always measurable no but intrinsically i think we all understand that there's incredible value associated with that and you you talked about it like you know, we've been having this conversation for 20 years. I've been having that conversation for 20 years. Why does sponsorship work? Well, of course it works. I mean, look, this, go look on a freezing cold day in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You've got 70,000 people sitting around uh, a, a football team, right? Right. If there's not care and value and importance there. I mean, I, I don't know how else you measure it. Yeah, people, I mean, sports is that one. It's not the one thing, but it is one thing where people constantly show up. And yeah. as you were talking about the leagues, it's interesting. We build new stadiums. Mm-hmm. They're filled up. Yep. We add new sports. We yep. had, you know, what was a big four now a big five might be a big six people. There's the passion, there's emotion, there's attachment. We've all lived it, breathed it, whether it's been directly with us or extended through family members at our company. And it's yep. just, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's that piece that is somewhat, um, not measurable, yeah. but you do know they're there. People and show it, up. And if there is ultimately the big six, obviously you have to leave Levi's to go work for the big sixth league to make sure that you keep that collection of having done all those leagues together. I want to make sure your streak stays alive. Yes. You're welcome for that, by the way. I'm looking Thank out you. for you. I'm yes, I appreciate you. that. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> Let's shift over and talk a little bit about Levi's, right? So you've been there a little over 10 years. And um, a little over 10 years? No, it's actually, sorry, I'll go back. I've been there. We might want to rephrase this. I've been there since 2014. I came on board okay. right as the stadium was opening. So 2014, okay. so about eight and a half, almost eight and a half years. Okay. Well, you round yeah. up, it's 10. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I'll take, I'll take 10. Round up. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So I get this... 10, year, 10. Let me, is anybody listening from Levi's? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does that do to my 401? <laughs> yeah. It does, but yeah. <laughs> Can I get right, a sabbatical? But, but Levi's is a fascinating from a brand standpoint, right? Because right. it's iconic. I mean, it's one of probably the most iconic brands that has ever come out of American business, right? It's that it's almost like the, the, the pant is the brand. It's like the bandaid is the bandaid and Levi's is the pants, but it means so much more than that. I mean, it's like Levi's is what, when you go to another country and people think about America, they think about Levi's and things like that. With, with a brand that's that iconic, can you talk a little bit about the role that sports and sports marketing play in taking that iconic brand and shaping it for different audiences? What's the, what's the role that sports does play for that? Yeah, you know, we're, we're not a performance brand. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 
we're a heritage brand that's been around. I mean, next year is the 150th anniversary of the 501. Whoa. You know, Patent of the Blue Jean, May 20th every year. That's always the birthday of the Blue Jean. And to mm. the Blue Jean. Right. Um, so I'm proud to be able to say that. But with that being said, you know, we're not a performance brand. We're not on the field of play in most cases when it comes to sports. With the exception of maybe when you look at, you know, bull riding or BMX riding, some of those um, kind okay, of fair enough. Yep. sports. But what we are, you just said it, there's 70,000 people in Green Bay. Right. What are they on? We're the fans uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I always start with like, you know, we're there, we're present at every game. We're present at every sports moment throughout that 150 year blue jean run with the 501 they've been worn at all these moments in sports. And so it, it gives us kind of that permission, so to speak, to be there. You know, some people, again, we're not, we're not on the field, but we're there with the fan. And so sports for us, we see that as, you know, center of culture moments, mm. you know, p- things that matter for people, sports are part of that. And we want to be present at center of culture moments. We want to be able to add value to those moments. So sports, and when we see those gatherings of folks you know, at games, whether it's at Levi's Stadium here or not, it's what is Levi's bringing to that event that's going to enhance the experience of the fan that's there on any dip given game day. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's like that's fascinating to hear that being at a cultural moment, I, the one that stuck out to me there was fan uniform, right? People getting ready to go to the games or even just to sit on the couch at home, right? You know, you mm-hmm. want something that's going to be comfortable and fact functional, in all those moments. So while you're not on the field of play, you are so still tight to the action for all the people that are around you. So you want to try to insert that brand into that consciousness at that moment, right? Correct. What are some of the ways that have been super effective for you in that? Have you, can you look back on like activations or partnerships that you've done and said, ah, yeah, that's it. That's what we're looking for in terms of being at that moment of zeitgeist or however we want to phrase it? I mean, I think there, there's a few different touch points. So when we go into a partnership, we'll look at, you know, how do we connect with, you know, influencers It might mm-hmm. be the players, it might be the team. So in that case, it's, you know, you're hoping to be able to connect and find those authentic Levi's where, you know, is there a way that the product can be while we're not on the field to play, are we part of their life? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know, you know, what a player's doing on and off the field. You look at walk-ins these days in the NBA, which is now the walk-in in every sport. What is everybody wearing? People tune in for that sometimes. Oh, when they, they tune in the game. And so it's like, you know, how, are we, are we part of that moment, right? When you're coming in there. So we, we look to find ways to touch and, and feel and, you know, whether they were outfitting and doing, you know, private fittings for teams that they're um, for them specifically or the front offices or shopping oh, well, days. Those yeah. have been great guys have come in and just you know they kind of discover um that there's more sometimes than just a 501 too that's the thing you know they realize that you know we have a lot to offer a lot of different fits for guys um you know we introduced a 541 gene back in 2014 which is our athletic fit it's where those guys they have you know the big thighs you know they don't they can't always stick in you can't always sneak into maybe a a traditional pair of jeans well we it's kind of what i think i'm sporting right now yeah 541 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that gene, we had strong, great success and great launch. And we launched it with NFL players, the guys that like came to us and said, you know what, we can't find a fit that works. And so I'd say it's part of the success is finding solutions for them. Yeah. And then on the fan side, we've been able to, you know, we've been able to create licensed gear, not just for game day, 
how do you go and celebrate your team? What can you wear? Not just on Sunday yeah. and the rest of the week to be proud of, you know, whether you're a 49ers fan, a Giants fan or another team, um, you know, having that opportunity there and the success that we've seen that fans have asked for and wanted to have our gear. Yeah. Because again, we're not a performance brand. We're not maybe traditionally thought of in the sports license space. So it's a little bit of white space there that we've been able to, to carve out. But it's fascinating. You brought up the idea of the walk-in now, and that is has become such a new part of the sports experience, right? What are the players wearing as they walk into the stadium or as they enter into before they head into the dressing room? I'm assuming that a lot of that is because social media now has become such an important part of the sports experience. I mean, do you see that as you're thinking about your activation, so much of this is visual and capturing those moments. I'm assuming that has to play a pretty central role in everything you think about now. Yeah, I mean, storytelling, right? right. We, we're, it's all, it's, it's storytelling. And that's okay. part of what I didn't speak to earlier. You know, when we have success, it's like, how are we being able to tell the story, whether we're at that event with that partner, specifically if it's an athlete, if it's a values moment, that we want to have. And, and we're speaking through, you know, we're talking about one of our many values where, whether it's inclusivity and, you know, diversity and mm -hmm. so forth there. And, um, you know, even around voting, we, we did some things back in um, the last election period, worked with a few athletes there to be able to, you know, storytell through mm -hmm. the authentic voice of those individuals. But social media is definitely plays a role in that. How are we creating content mm -hmm. and assets that can both live on our channels and on the partners, whether that partner is an athlete or whether it's a property like the 49ers or the Giants. And it also has changed the way I think particularly people now root for sports. I think when you and I were kids, you know, we had our favorite teams and we followed those teams. We had famous, you know, favorite players on those teams and things like that. Now, I think you're more of a people are LeBron James fans. And if he's playing for the Heat, I'm a Heats fan. If he's playing for the Cavs, I'm a Cavs fan. If he's playing for the Lakers, I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. Because they have created these presences in social media that allow people to feel they're connected to them. And that's a real opportunity for fashion, isn't it? It is. It is because I think there definitely are those players that stand out and mm -hmm. influence, you know, what, what a kid's going to wear on the court or when right. you see them as they're, as they're coming in. And, you know, you see that every day. And, I still think there is a bit of the the fan that roots for their team, but I feel like the fan is influenced more by maybe a player who isn't on their team. That's a good point. Whereas yeah. before they didn't maybe care or they were almost considered the enemy, right? But now you're like, okay, wait, but I kind of like what they're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. That's how I base yeah, my entire look is on the walk-in. Right. <laughs> I mean, they've got, you know, you've got all these media outlets now that have specific channels on you know, every night on an NBA week game or, you know, whatnot, if you're looking at, you know, some of the media partners and they, they measure that there's awards given at the end of the year for, you know, best dressed, you yeah. know, and so forth. But I mean, it's something that we look at. I never at. competed for that. It. I know. Yeah. We, we monitor that as we look at, you know, again, those authentic partners, like who's moving the needle, who's influencing yeah. fashion. It's no longer just maybe a musician or a designer. Athletes are, you know, smack dab in the middle of that as well probably in ways that they've never, ever been before, right? They're, yep. they're, they're so present. Now, they're not behind helmets or anymore or, you know, distant on the field. It's so present. Yeah. And staying on top of that has to be <clears throat> central to what you do. You brought up a minute ago with the idea of licensing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know, you know, you obviously have this deep, rich history 
in, in creating partnerships and enjoy that aspect of it quite a lot. Can you talk a little bit about the, the role that licensing plays with that? And because that's a bit of a different approach from maybe some of the things that you've done in the past. I mean, what was your learning curve with licensing and, and how important is it for, for what you're doing right now? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I think when I got into Levi's and I mean, this has been the longest tenure I've had at, at a company, you know, within teams, you sometimes move around like, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, you always want to build things. I had the opportunity early on as we were opening the stadium to be part of the team that at the same time was exploring sports licensing and looking mm-hmm. again, how we could hit that white space of not just for game day. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely a different type of a partnership. I mean, you're for Levi's where we stand it's very important because it allows us to still reach and speak to the sports fan through our actual product. Right. You know, so for us, you know, licensing is, has been, has been very important. Um, we've come in, we've come and gone in certain sports in the licensing space. It's mm-hmm. definitely a complicated um, landscape. It's, it's very fragmented. I mean, just like sponsorship in general. So in many ways it's very similar mm-hmm. in the sense of that fragmentation. Every league's a little bit different. There's different rights between the local, global, you know, national and so forth. But, you know, and I had to learn all those. It's kind of like you had a chance to kind of relearn the sponsorship landscape through the lens of licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's, it's not for everyone either. You know, I, I think it's one of those ways that um, for a brand like Levi's licensing does make a lot of sense. I think there's others that sometimes maybe it, it, it doesn't. So yeah, I mean, we see that across our collaborations. I work a lot also on our non-sports, you know, collaborations on the marketing side. So we have licensing partnerships there. We have partnerships with various designers. It's, it's very similar. And it's allowed me to kind of learn that side of the business and expand some of the things that I'm doing on a daily basis within the walls of Levi's. Yeah, it is super complex because like you said, there are there are a number of players on there. I guess one of the benefits associated with though, it is inherently measurable because it needs to translate yeah. directly into sales. So there should be a fairly close connection point, right? If a jacket with a logo on it sells better than the jacket without the logo on it, then I guess it's a positive response. I mean, I guess going back to the idea of measurement. Yeah, there's, but there's two, there's two ways that we kind of look at it from a licensing standpoint to that, to that point. There is, call it scale and volume, mm-hmm. in which you can look at, you know, how many units did you sell? That is measurable. But there's also energy. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the opportunity, I think with art and science, man, there yeah, it is art, again. Yeah. You know, in, in sponsorship, you, you want that opportunity to be able to be a little bit maybe disruptive, create energy, uh, premiumize a brand, mm-hmm. aspirational. So our licensing pieces allow us to to jump in and be able to be present at those center of culture moments. Right. And it's not always about volume. It can be scarcity that creates energy that then is for, you know, overall trickles down to the brand. Lines at stores, right? And making sure that people are engaged. What else are you working on right now? What else is the brand involved in, in sports particular that you're working on right now that has kind of got your attention, kind of got you a little bit excited about what you're seeing from, because we know obviously there's the stadium, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, almost said San Francisco, Santa Clara, California. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously a significant one. You obviously have a big deal with the San Francisco Giants, and those are very, very important uh, hometown deals. Um, but what are some of the other things that are out that you're participating in that you look at and go, yeah, that's 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 right on point? Yeah, you know, we've been able to work on other within other team markets. We have you know key cities that we work in, and we look at whether it's the cities in the U.S. of like a Los Angeles or New York, and are there opportunities to do 
I just show up at key events mm-hmm. and center cultures. I mentioned, I, I get excited when we're activating at all-star for NBA, when we're at Super Bowl, whether we're doing, we're doing things around that other partners that come to us and almost want to say, Hey, how can we work together collectively to tell a bigger and better story? Like how does your product enhance what we're doing on the ground? I have a lot of those conversations. I would say, you know, um, the esports space, we entered in that about two years ago. We're still figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, I think you're always learning there, but that was something that, you know, we spent a fair amount of time evaluating, you know, how do we enter? And now we've gotten in. And so it's like that one, we're still building and, and figuring out kind of as, as we go, but that, but that's really interesting. And then, you know, on the global side of things, we've had a handful of different soccer, you know, football partnerships mm-hmm. primarily over in Europe and those teams, they operate different in many ways. It's not, you know, there's a lot more independence as opposed to going to the league. So each of the, you know, I think it's, as I've expanded outside of the U S and looked at other opportunities in other countries, each, um, each sport in each country is a little bit different than how we operate here. But the one thing I will say, it, it's interesting that other teams and other folks look back at the U S and we're oftentimes said, told like you guys have figured out sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, not meaning Levi's incent, but just like kind of yeah. U.S. sports because they look at the yeah. dollars, like at the sponsors. We don't just have the single maybe, you know, kit partner that you see in, yeah. you know, the EPL, which is phenomenal dollars. But it's interesting that I hear that because I think we're all still trying to figure it out. I mean, <laughs> it's ironic yeah. given what yeah. we were talking about just yeah. a little while ago, right? 20 years yeah. in, we're still like, why is sponsorship important? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You guys got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> and the last thing I'll just say, and not to, not to, not to ramble on here, right. But I mean, as we kind of look at our company, we have the global lens and then we have call it three to seven sort of clusters or different areas that we look at up to seven yeah. globally. And so within each one of those, it's like, how does sports play a role? Yeah. Like, because it's, it's challenging to find one property that you can just jump into and say, okay, we're going to, you know, stick a flag here yep. and that's going to translate everywhere. Yep. Right. It's and so that's been one of the biggest challenges I've been asked by our company. Like, oh, hey, can you go find a property that can speak to everyone? <laughs> and I'm always like, well, you know, I, I don't know. Can, can you, you be, be magic? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, which, which, but it's fun. It's a nice challenge, right? And, sure. and so, those are the conversations that I think I have, and I'm I'm challenging when I'm other people when I'm speaking with them about new opportunities and new ways to get involved. I mean, we did. You know, we were part of the Olympic Games last year and we, mm-hmm. we outfitted the US BMX freestyle team. That was something new. It was fun. It's like, okay, you know, we're now in, you know, action sports. We've been mm-hmm. involved in skate for a number of years. What does that look like? Um, there's there's things of like bull riding. You know, we we outfit a couple guys that are on not the, yet an Olympic you know, sport people. Not in, yeah, not an Olympic sport, but not yet. You know, within that space of, you know, kind of moving outside of traditional team sports. So a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's when, I mean, honestly, when the literally the world is a potential customer for your product, I can understand yeah. why your chief marketing officer might look at you and say, well, what's the one thing that applies to everybody? And having <laughs> to be a little bit like, <laughs> right. Particularly yeah. as you go to different regions around the world. Right. I mean, right. it's a fascinating challenge. All right. So let's take that then. Let's let's use that and, and, and use this as our as our catalyst towards the end. So as you look to the future and you look to some of the things that you've done, you know, Olympics and BMX, BMX bike teams, and you say you're in esports, what are some of the other things that catch your eye? What are some of the other things that you're starting to pay attention to that you think, you know, maybe it's not an opportunity now, but if 
the trajectory continues the way that it's going, what do you what do you want to pay attention to? I'm still curious to watch the positioning between athlete property and property. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you mentioned it earlier, like, you know, do you follow the athlete or do you follow the property? I mean, mm-hmm. Athletes are more and more becoming their own brand. Mm-hmm. They're encouraged they're being their own brand. Right. And so as we sit back where I'm at from a brand, you're just like, okay, who do you want to partner or connect with? Yep. You know, how are we getting there? Is it, is it the property? Is it the athlete? Is it the event, that moment? And how is the audience consuming that? So, you know, everybody talks about, you know, um, you know, we're not watching as many things on television. Things are being consumed more through streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, live sports, I think everybody will admit, is, is still happening, mm-hmm. you know, in real time and being consumed that way. The numbers would, would show that. So it's one, still, how do you connect there? But then how do you get to, for us, it's always like that, that next consumer, that next fan of Levi. So whether it's Gen Z, you know, as that as everybody else is trying to get to, but but you know, where is that intersection with sports in in that in that consumer, and you know, what's the story that we need to tell? Yeah, boy, it goes back to the idea of storytelling, doesn't yeah. it? That ability yeah. to communicate what Levi's is to the next generation, right? Yeah. Because they're going to form those opinions as they go. Mark Fox and um, of Levi's uh, appreciate you spending the time to to hash out some of these things. But before I let you go. Uh, we are going to enter the lightning round. These are a series of questions that I need short, emphatic responses to. Are, are you ready? I will do my best, Dave. Okay. Deep breaths. Okay. What's your go-to Levi jean cut? 501. Classics. All right. You can be the commissioner of one of the five major pro sports leagues. Which one? Uh, NBA. Okay. Easy. You worked in New York City for years. What do you miss the most? The food. Anything in particular? All of it. And- <laughs> Come on, you live in the Bay Area, man. It's not like it's a terrible food one way to desert or anything I, like that. Okay, let me take that back. I, I would say <laughs> the best, the thing I miss the most is probably the energy. Okay, right. Always on. Yeah. Uh, what's left on your sports bucket list? I still never made it out to the Masters. That's a story for another day. All right, well, that's going to be volume two. And I have uh, yet to see in person f1 race Ooh. all right well, let's see what we can do um, so about that those are probably the two right now okay sitting at the top yeah all right lightning round. all right last one uh what is the most important piece of fashion advice you've ever gotten while working for levi's wear what you're most comfortable in i don't know how it gets any better than that mark fox and head of global partnerships and connections for levi strauss thanks for spending the time man thanks dave It's been fun. Thanks for listening to this ADC Partners podcast. For more information about ADC Partners, please visit our website at adcpartners.com.